0: return of the body snatchers we're talking about another case of body sales scandal this time we're at a funeral home welcome to plot twist (laughs)
1: My name is Morgan and I keep the hair of my deceased dogs.
0: Hey, this is Janelle. And one time in high school, I went to the wrong funeral home for calling hours and I just stayed and played it cool like I was supposed to be there. This is plot twist, a grave affair. We're talking about everything that happens at the funeral home and beyond. We have a whole other episode on this. This is is far from the first time we've talked about this.
1: And I'm sure not going to be the last time we talk about it either, as I think it's becoming more and more common.
0: Mm -hmm. Or it's just either that or it's becoming more and more to light.
1: Yeah, I agree. Crazy stuff. Daughter Megan Hess and mother Shirley Koch. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Shirley Koch. Daughter Megan Hess and mother Shirley Koch are the culprits in this case. They both ran Sunset Mesa Funeral Home in Montrose, Colorado, and they've been stealing and selling body parts from 2010 to 2018. So how did this all come to fruition? What is going on here? I'm sure you have questions, and we have questions too. Hess started the funeral home in 2009, and shortly after, she put together her own body donor foundation that she would work with alongside her funeral home and recommend to families if they were interested in donating to science. Megan stated that she thought she was helping working with her own, um, foundation to kind of give these bodies to science. She thought that by doing that, she was helping to make the world a better place. (laughs) Um, but the courts admitted that her motives were warped and definitely money motivated in the end. To make everything worse, she was also using logos and marketing material from other body brokerages for her own um, and kind of stealing that and piggybacking off of them, not doing her own kind of marketing material, just stealing from others. Mm. And this is where it all starts <laughs> this is where it always all starts but just so, so to science right
0: yeah it starts out so nobly
1: science is a very broad word to use
0: mm-hmm. science and i don't well, think people understand that when they when they first get into it they're like oh yeah i'll donate body to science it's going to be used for These things in my head.
1: Actually, why don't we look up the actual definition of the word science? You know, I'm just curious.
0: All right. So definition of science from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Um, There's a couple, so I'll read a few of them. Such knowledge or such a system of knowledge concerned with the physical world and its phenomena uh, and a department of systematized knowledge as an object of study. Extremely broad.
1: Extremely broad. I mean, that covers just about anything and everything.
0: Right. Anything in the natural world or not even just the natural world that can be studied.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I would not think of this either. Somebody was like, do you want to donate your body to science? Before doing all this research and before thinking, I'd just be like, oh, science. You mean like hospitals or labs? Like... That kind of thing for educational purposes is what I would come up with in my mind.
0: And see, in my mind, I always specifically thought it was for research purposes. Like you would be using my body to research on medications or procedures.
1: Okay. So we we both had like originally two different thoughts here. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to just guess that most people think it's either going to be research related or education related. And that is far from the case. In a lot of these science donation body centers.
0: And a lot of them, that is what it is. It's a lot of times used for scientific medical research or medical training. But there are a lot of things that kind of fit in that gray area that aren't really what people originally
1: intend. Like we talked about in episode 12, military practices with the deceased Bodies, like, blowing them up, shooting, dismembering, that kind of thing. That's an experiment. That's all under science. So be very careful. If somebody comes to you and is like, do you want to donate your body to science? You should have some questions for them before you say yes.
0: Right. Additionally, a lot of these, like, middlemen, a lot of these bodies get sold to places that may not be reputable scientific entities. It's surprisingly easy to get a hold of, body parts, So it may not be going to someone who's super reputable or really using the body parts to further science.
1: Exactly. So always take um, these kind of things with a grain of salt and do your own research before just being like, yeah, grandma's body can go to science. Cool. Cool. So Megan, who is one of the funeral directors, she's the daughter. She was thinking that Um, donating to science would be a good thing. She stated that she thought she was helping working with the body donation center, but the courts admitted that her motivation was warped and not at all like her statement. You know, she says that, Oh, well, I just thought I was helping. We're donating to science. This would be a good thing, but really her motivation stemmed from um, money and not from helping individuals, um, and the sciences and the research centers and all that. It's really just money motivation for Megan here. Megan starts with an M, just like money. <laughs> and, just, and just like motivation. <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> Conspiracies. Conspiracies. If your name starts with an M, it's all about money. Oh, Morgan. Oh, no. Money Morgan. Money Morgan. <laughs> okay. Um, the income from body brokerage services allowed Hess to undercut cremation rates offered by the funeral parlors and crematories in the region, assuring a steady supply of bodies coming in to the donor services. So she was able to keep costs low, that she could keep having bodies come through and keep selling those to be able to fund herself and her funeral home. And reap in the profits. And in the profits.
0: I think... It's definitely possible that she started out with good intentions and thinking this is this will be really helpful for science. But then money, as you've seen so many times in the world, it fucks everything up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I can see how you could start out doing this thinking, cool, this is like a great thing, a great option I could share. And then realize, oh, my goodness. I can make a lot of money doing this. So it kind of switches from this is a good option for Mm -hmm. my clientele to this is a great income for me and I'm going to push this on everybody who comes through my door.
0: And It's easy to keep telling yourself you're doing it for good.
1: Mm -hmm. So in regards to all of the money motivation here, um, attorney Cole Finnegan actually made a statement about this case Uh, and he said the defendant's conduct was horrific and morbid and driven by greed they took advantage of numerous victims who were at their lowest point given the recent loss of a loved one
0: i'm going to try and uh, provide some background on the body trade service no the body trade industry the body part trade body trade
1: body part
0: body trade industry i don't know
1: I think body trade
0: industry. Okay. Body trade industry. Like we said earlier, we talked about this in depth in episode 12. Basically, sales of body parts and even whole bodies is technically legal in the United States through a loophole. Body brokers are companies or individuals who procure body parts from usually consenting donors and distribute them to scientific organizations to use for education or research. These body brokers can legally accept compensation for quote unquote processing costs as long as the body parts are not being used for human transplants and only for research or demonstration. This turns out to be a booming business. This industry is not well regulated so there have been multiple different types of scandals. For example, Body parts being donated without consent, body parts being used and stored incorrectly and basically rotting away, body parts being mailed unsafely, body parts with infections that should not have ever been donated and place a risk to people who handle them. There's a lot of different scandals. And if you're interested, take a look at episode 12 when we talk about uh. Quite a few different scandals related to that back to our case on hand in february of 2018 the fbi raided sunset mesa funeral home after an investigation by reuters news service exposed the women and reuters has been doing a lot of the underground research for this body trade I- industry
1: yeah so if you want if you're very interested in this like we are if you want to read more definitely check out reuters um articles that they put out because they have a lot a lot a lot of information on this
0: yeah i think they're a lot of the reason that this stuff is really coming to light recently they started out doing like an article and it became this huge thing because there's so many different crimes going on underground and it's it you know started this investigation as well as a lot of others
1: yeah, it's really interesting. I think one of the articles we read that, like you said, they just started out with one article and then it, they were like, oh, shit, there's more here, um, was one of the journalists wanted to see how easy it was to get body parts, you know, how easy it was for anybody to get um, their hands on these things. And he found out um, gruesomely uh, <laughs> through the mail that it's not that hard to get uh, body parts sent to your home and i think that also kind of sparked like whoa there's something here so
0: so the through the reuters investigation they were able to follow the location of hundreds of body parts from the funeral to foreign countries they were able to track them to like asia all across the united states they're sending them everywhere through this body brokerage donor services whatever organization the FBI called it Operation Morbid Market. I think that should have been our po- podcast name.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody else, please use this as a podcast name because it is great it's and it so deserves good. to be to be used. I
0: think it's interesting how they were able to track this stuff all around the world that they have with how poorly regulated this is. I'm sure it was not easy to follow where all of these bodies went. I'm sure this was like a huge task.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's a good point because it kind of seems like they're not really keeping track of this stuff.
0: No, there are some really reputable non-transplant tissue service banks that have been responding to these...
1: um, Scandals? Thank you. Scandals. Scandals.
0: (laughs) They've been responding to these scandals and tightening up the way that they do things and are really reputable. This does not sound like one of them. This kind of sounds like an organization that is not tracking everything really well. And there are a lot of them out there.
1: I'm sure that's purposeful.
0: Mm -hmm. Because they don't
1: want you to know where they're selling these bodies off to.
0: Right. Right. And the thing is, too, is these body parts, they're basically sold to the body broker, they're sold to another organization who might sell it to another organization. So it's not always like a direct, it's hardly ever a direct sale because you've already got a middleman and they may be distributing them further. So not great.
1: Because you're saying they're tracking these bodies going, you know, overseas to other countries, I'm wondering if Um, these particular countries that they're going to do not have any legal way to um, buy or sell bodies in their country. So they have to outsource from the U.S. for any kind of research or educational purposes.
0: That's a good question. They may have less, they may have stricter laws, Mm -hmm. less loopholes, you know.
1: Yeah. So another thing because of that, I'm wondering... So China and Egypt, from what I hear, used to be really big into not selling bodies. I mean, probably that too, but specifically human remains, like bones. And within recent history, they have stopped, I think within like the last 10 to 12 years, they've stopped legally being able to procure and sell bones, human bones, but there's so many still within circulation that you can still purchase them. Hmm. So I know this because when we were doing um, research for our other episode, episode 12, that talks about some of this stuff, I was thinking, well, what about bones, the sale of bones? And I looked it up and you can easily, if you are very macabre, uh, you can easily go and purchase human bones um you don't have to be doing research or anything they're just there are sites that you can do that it's totally legal but they don't like track that either mm-hmm. like they don't know or maybe they do i don't think they because they've been circulating for so long they don't know whose bones they these are right yeah they've probably you may been not, resold
0: so many times yeah
1: and you may not necessarily know um even the country that they came from Mm
0: -hmm. and maybe maybe a lot of the countries that they're selling to are like China and Egypt that have recently started cracking down on body part sales and they're easier to like procure from the United States
1: because you can continue to circulate bones for years on years on years but you can't really do that with a body part right that foot is going to go bad (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's like you can't keep tossing that around from country to country lab to lab like that one that ain't gonna work for human flesh Ooh. still on the topic of bones I did reach out to one uh, site where you can buy and sell human bones along with other things like insects and animal skulls Uh, it's called the bone room and I did email them kind of asking you know, I'm just looking for some information in information. I'm looking I'm just looking for some information on how you sort your human bone collection. You know, what are the origins of your human remains in your collection? They did respond to me. Um, Really quickly, same day, and they did let me know that most of the material in their collection came from India and it was import imported into the States for medical studies between nineteen forty and nineteen eighty seven. But they also buy from doctors and professors who are retiring and may just have this kind of stuff in their own personal collection as well. Recycling. Recycling. Thrifted bones. I think it's really cool. Um it's well within my budget, so... Oh, God. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's unique. There's something, I don't know, macabre
0: about having just bones of a human being for funsies.
1: It is definitely very macabre.
0: I can see maybe using it as like a teaching tool or something.
1: I kind of vibe with it, though. I mean, if they're... Otherwise, going to get rid of it? Like, why can't I give it a space, give it a peaceful space to live out the remainder of its bone life? I guess. So you're saying if, you don't want me to get you one for Christmas? I absolutely don't want one.
0: <laughs> okay. Good to know. I would first of all be haunted. Well, maybe I'll just get it. I'll just buy a bunch of bones and bury them in the backyard and give them a little funeral. No, I'm not doing that. I would be uber haunted.
1: This is a little off topic, but kind of off topic. But I'm also thinking like, okay, you can't keep the bones of your loved one when they pass, but you can keep their ashes, which is just crushed up bone.
0: And you can also keep a stranger's bones.
1: Um, yeah, but you can't keep your lo- you can keep your loved one's ashes, but you can keep a stranger's bones. You can have their bones unless they're crushed because that's fucking weird it's strange because okay you get cremated your bones don't automatically become dust they Mm -hmm. have to crush those so like when you take somebody out like there are like little skeleton lying there and they're like oh they're gonna get these back but we gotta crush them up first that is weird No, we can't give them back into in the full form that doesn't make any sense it doesn't I don't know maybe most people don't know that when you get cremated it your bones don't just necessarily turn to dust they are easier to crumble crumble but there will probably still be like your bones lying there when you are pulled out
0: yeah because it doesn't they don't burn
1: yeah they need to be at that temperature whatever crunched up Why
0: can't I just have a femur?
1: Why can't I just have a hand? Give me a hand, please. You know? So, getting back on track with this particular case, bodies, heads, and legs of those who were in the care of this funeral home expecting a cremation were instead sold, and some were found during the investigation. Just, wow. Uh, and we've seen this actually time and time again with mm-hmm. multiple cases and some not even having to do with um, selling to mm-hmm. other body brokerages and stuff like that. So, unfortunately, not getting the right remains back is not the most uncommon thing. So, Megan and Shirley even forged. They went as far as to forge signatures on the donation forms. Just the reluctant donors either opted out of body donation or were unaware of their intentions just like in other cases we have looked at specifically our episode 8 case the cremated remains returned to the families were not their loved ones so what were they or who were they getting is the question
0: the majority of non-transplant tissue donation organizations will not accept or distribute body parts with, that are infected with the diseases like HIV or hepatitis. And if they do, they have to disclose that when during their shipping process and during their transaction process. So what she was doing was very shady. She wasn't disclosing this to her clients. Clients feels like a weird word for what she's doing. Um, but she wasn't disclosing this. And for the most part, she probably shouldn't have even been using these samples unless people specifically wanted body parts with those diseases to use for a certain to research on for a certain reason. And if she didn't know, which she most likely was told from like the coroner or family or hospital or whatever that these. Bodies had infectious diseases. Diseases. It's her responsibility to be testing for this as donor service. Like she, she should be. It's her responsibility to keep people safe if she is going to distribute these body parts. Which, which is a whole other thing because this is such a, like a ramshackle organization out of her basement. Like,
1: yeah, that's the other thing. It was just her and her mom. So two of them running the funeral home. The two of them running this body business on the side.
0: Yeah. And that's why this, this stuff shouldn't be allowed to happen. This, if these body brokerage organizations should be large organizations with abilities to safely test bodies, safely um, procure body parts. This shouldn't be an underground organization. This needs to be medical, sterile, safe.
1: And the fact that her mom, Shirley, was just down there cutting up bodies at the age of what? 60-something? 68? 69? 60-something. And she will spend the rest of her life in prison. My thought, now, now knowing what we know, mm-hmm. should you be allowed to have your own body brokerage foundation when you also own a funeral home? I feel like that is... Not right.
0: No, it's not. Because that is a huge conflict of interest and a great I mean, they're basically trafficking body parts. They have way too much access to the body parts and there's no oversight between them and themselves. But we will talk about that later about what happened because of this case in Colorado. That's that's irresponsible. If they're gonna tell their buyers that they are disease-free. You have to know that for sure.
1: That's so dangerous. hmm
0: In addition to all of these other horrific issues, the duo illegally shipped the body parts that they sold. The shipments went through the mail or on commercial air flights in violation with the Department of Transportation regulations regarding the transportation of hazardous materials. For example, they all need to be labeled with the fact that this is human tissue they need to say that they are, you know, HIV, hep C, whatever, negative, which they weren't. But it needs to have all of this information labeled on there. There's, there are very strict laws regarding this.
1: And for her to say that, oh, I just was doing this because I thought it was a good thing to give my clientele the option to donate their bodies to science. I'm such a good person. Look at the evidence.
0: That's so true because she didn't even do it right. If you really want to help, you need to be doing this safely.
1: Yeah, it's just so crazy. It's that every turn she incriminated herself more and more.
0: Exactly. Recently, Megan Hess and Shirley Koch did go to court over this whole scandal. On January 3rd, 2023, They both pled guilty to one count each of mail fraud and aiding and abetting. Hess was sentenced to 20 years in prison for being the brains of the operation. And Koch was sentenced to 15 years in prison. So that'll take her quite towards the end of her life, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. And Morgan, what were you saying that... um, Shirley Koch's role was in all this.
1: Chopping bodies. (laughs) And it's not stated anywhere that they had another facility for this. I'm pretty sure this was all just happening out of the funeral home.
0: So it's like a chop shop funeral home combo. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm just assuming because it was never stated that there was separate facilities. So I'm thinking that to save money they did it at the same place and she was just chopping bodies in the basement
0: I bet she was because it, logistically I'm sure it doesn't make sense for them to have a warehouse even though
1: in the Reuters article um, I just found this an interesting comparison to our episode 8 with that funeral director and the whole that whole body scandal
0: wait can you describe that very quickly for people who haven't listened
1: yeah so episode 8 is about a man that I don't remember his name um <laughs> uh but it's about a funeral director who was just not doing anything with the bodies of the deceased they weren't going back to the families they weren't inside they were all over his property they were in barns and sheds and it was just everywhere um they stated in those articles that we read through that it went back to something to do with his brain like oh like it's not his fault because he has some kind of brain problem, possibly lead poisoning, like, we don't know. They also threw this stupid excuse in here. She's like, I had a brain injury when I was 18, so um, I just just mentally wasn't in the right place. For what, 30 years?
0: I will say, brain injuries are no fucking joke. Those can be so serious, debilitating, and can fuck up your whole personality. But...
1: I agree, but...
0: Right, like, there was no, like, sign of this along the way. And the fact that her mom went along with it, her mom, just totally complicit, didn't see a problem with this.
1: Her mom didn't have a brain injury.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. And
1: I do think that this is thrown out a lot in all sorts of court cases, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot, like oh, they had a brain injury, so like, and that that is just not the case for everybody. You can't use that as an excuse for everyone who comes through the court system that did something horrendous, like oh, they had a brain injury, because also there may be no way to prove that they had a brain injury, so it's probably an easy thing to say.
0: Right, and in a handful of cases, I'm sure that it is true because brain injuries can affect your behavior and your I- judgment, but. It's also a convenient excuse.
1: Absolutely. But very convenient because a lot of times you can't prove that you had a brain injury. Mm -hmm. It's hard to prove that. Right. Like you have a concussion. You just have a concussion. There's no like, I don't think there's any scan they can give you to be like, this is a proof of your concussion.
0: They can sometimes, but it's not going to be, I mean, they can. But also concussion doesn't always show up on a scan unless it's really bad. And you can't always see... permanent damage on a scan Mm -hmm. like you could say well your scan looks fine but that doesn't necessarily mean anything you could still have brain damage so there's no there's no proof
1: yeah so i just thought it was interesting because um we had another case kind of in the same realm where they did kind of blame it on something to do with neurological Mm -hmm. um issues which could be true but i think it's a stretch
0: yeah so back to the, as we were talking about earlier, I think we alluded to how legislation has changed. According to the Cowboy CowboyStateDaily.com, this case was instrumental in changing Colorado law to prohibit funeral homes from also licensing, licensing anatomical or donation agencies. Lawmakers also prohibited the ownership of 10% or more in both a funeral home or crematory and a tissue bank. This is the Human Remains Disposition Sale Business Act. And we talked about that in episode 12 when we're talking about how this industry is changing. And it's like really crazy to see where this came from because I had no idea the specific case that this um, this stemmed from. But it's very clear where this came from because the whole problem was that they, they owned both funeral home and tissue bank. And can do whatever the fuck they wanted with no oversight.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you brought up earlier, that's a huge conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. And you should not be working hand in hand like that. That's just really, really fucked up. And I'm not sure when she was talking to families if she was being clear that this is her, you know, tissue bank.
0: It doesn't sound like it.
1: Because she was stealing marketing and slogan from other sources. So they may have thought, like, oh, the garrison's tissue bank, that's where they're going to. But that's just because she stole the marketing information and that's not actually what's happening. And they're just going into her basement. Exactly. That's what makes it so.
0: There's so much that makes this wild. I
1: mean, I think it's just so wild that when you really look at it this, if you are a funeral director and you own your funeral home, this would be so easy for you to do. This would be so easy for any funeral director to just do. Right.
0: A couple years later, another bill changed abuse of a corpse in the state of Colorado from a misdemeanor to a class six felony. And regulations on funeral homes were. Eased allowing state regulators to inspect a funeral home or crematory on request. So it made it easier for them to be able to come in and have some oversight over these businesses to make sure they're not doing shady shit in the basement.
1: That makes sense. So they're just coming whenever they think something's maybe off to check it out.
0: Right. If someone's like, this feels off to me, they have a very low parameter for being able to investigate if someone feels like it's off they can come and investigate and that's reason enough
1: so funeral homes don't do like an annual like, you know when restaurants they like come in and
0: oh, like a health inspection yeah. almost are you asking or telling
1: I'm asking I'm mean, gonna google this I'm not sure
0: it might differ from state to state too
1: because I feel like that would cut down on a lot of issues if you're getting yeah. a check-in once a year at random, like like a nursing home or a restaurant, right. like you don't know when they're coming, you just know they're going to come.
0: Right, but regardless, this is a good law because a lot of times, from working in both healthcare and um, food service, I know that a lot of times you can prepare for these visits, but in both services, if someone brings up a red flag, they can go in and do a surprise visit, which is can be really helpful in these cases too. So after all of this. Body donation to science is still really important. It helps with education so that providers and medical professionals can care for us better. It helps develop new products and medications. So there's a huge benefit to it, but we don't want our loved ones and you know the grieving families to suffer because of all of the scandals and the abuse of the industry that's been going on. There is actually a bill that we talked about once again, in episode 12, it was introduced to the House in back in 2021, and it hasn't really gone farther since then, but it was also introduced to the United States Senate in September of 2022, so that one's a little bit more recent. And it is the Consensual Donation and Research Integrity Act that basically would be help regulate this, the body donation industry and provide more oversight to make sure that people's bodies are being treated with respect once they are donated to science. You can read more about it on the National Funeral Directors Association. We have a link in our link tree and I'll put it in the show notes as well. And there is actually at the very bottom uh, outline of a, e- an email that you can send to your congress your representatives and your senators the only thing is it is written as a funeral like as from the point of view as a funeral director so just edit that though and just kind of put your own thing in there about like why you were concerned about this but then you could it just sends out an automatic letter to your congress people if you're in the united you're in the united states and hopefully we can get some more oversight over this industry industry
1: and if you're not in the United States, tell us what goes on where you live. Like, oh, I've yes. seen there are some people viewing us from Canada and Belgium and all these other places. So you could, like, let us know. Yeah, let us It'd know. It'd be really interesting.
0: Yeah. And if there's stuff that, like, on your table and legislation for this, we would love to, not that we have a huge international audience, but we will boost it the best we can. Like,. <laughs> We will do what we can to help around the world with our tiny, tiny audience.
1: <laughs> oh, that was sweet. We'll do what we can to help around the world.
0: Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. Morgan, you want to go first?
1: Oh, me. Okay. I wasn't prepared.
0: I was, or I, go you, first. I was hoping you would go first. Okay. I'll go first. My – the thing that makes this case in particular so fucked up is that there is – I know we've talked about this but this just really bothers me that there's no oversight between the funeral home and the tissue bank it's all one it's just a huge step not that all tissue banks are perfect but at least they have some regulations and there's i don't know when you add a second organization in there's another another level of accountability when you're just a collecting and distributing the bodies, you don't, you're you not accountable to anybody. Does that make sense, the way I said that? Yeah. Okay. That's just what bothers me the like most. in I think. this
1: case, they are collecting and selling the bodies. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Which, I don't think we've seen that
0: before. No. Usually, it's... Two separate entities. Right. Yeah. And usually, the body brokerage is fucking up. But... Yeah, it's just the fact that there's no oversight. or really middleman between that. It's just they're just
1: sending it right out. I'm waiting Uh, on you. Oh, me, me. It's my turn. You know, it just amazes me what people will do for money. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, little old Shirley. I guess she wasn't that old at the time. She's really really not. She's not that old. But, you know, she's now probably just in the back room cutting up bodies. Mm Mm-hmm. No brain to injury, no nothing that would make her maybe not, you know, like unstable and not able to make decisions and stuff. Like yeah, that. that we know of at least. She's but. fully capable of making these decisions. And she's like, cool. Um, my daughter told me to go cut up these bodies. I'll do that because that's we can get extra money for that. So cool.
0: Like what? There should be something deep down in your core that tells you not to do that.
1: And also, this is kind of. Grotesque, but I'm thinking, since they feel very ill prepared and they don't have separate facilities and it's all in the same place, they're probably not even using the right equipment no. to um basically dissect these bodies. I don't think they're using equipment that is meant to be used for human dissection. Oh no. Like I'm just picturing this woman back there with like a chainsaw.
0: Right. And PPE, they've never heard of her. They have never
1: Ooh, yeah,
0: you're right. That's a really good point. Just barehanded, splash zone in the face. I guarantee they were not.
1: And they may not even have a freezer for all this material. That's true. Because we've come across that multiple times where it's like, it's not required for a funeral home to have a freezer. And right. when you do, a lot of the times there's not like ferment for this many things. Right.
0: And I don't even, and the fact that they didn't even consent for most of these body parts, like they probably didn't even, it probably didn't even occur to them how important that was because they just kind of threw this little side gig together and they probably aren't like, these are the things you need to do to donate a body to science. It was probably an afterthought to them when that's like the most important step.
1: Yeah. I'd be curious to know what. Initially, got Megan interested in doing something like this? Like, what sparked this motivation? I mean, other than money, like, w- you know what I mean? Like, what was it that she was like, that I'm gonna do that?
0: Right, exactly. Like, I don't, it would just never occur to me. Even if I like thought about it, I wouldn't be like, I'm gonna start my own body donation f- firm. In my funeral home with a hacksaw.
1: I wonder how much she made from doing this for all those years. Hopefully it was worth it, Megan. Well, it's not because she's in jail. She's in jail. I'm sorry. No, she's in prison. She's not. She's in, she's Mm. in the.
0: She's not in the clink. She's in the slammer.
1: She's. Oh, yeah. The slammer. The slammer.
0: As she should be. This is so messy. Like, unbelievably messy. Physically and theoretically. And
1: messy. I want to state in the Reuters article... Reuters. Ah, uh, fuck, I always say Reuters. Every single time. I always do, thought it was Reuters till Matthew corrected me right before that episode. In the Reuters article about this duo... Um, Fuck, what was I thinking we are going to say here? I'm sorry, I distracted you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at official underscore plot twist pod. Music is courtesy of Matthew Modena and our resources are in the show notes.